right. So welcome back to the Caregiver Connection. Today I have with me Caroline Stritzinger. Met a couple of years ago, actually, with um, some caregiver events in the community. And um, you actually approached me about starting an Alzheimer's support group in our community. And um, we did that. I co-facilitated with you for a couple of years. And now you've been doing it um, continuously every month. It's been five years, right? Five years. Five years. And you, you, last year you transitioned to Zoom. That's been difficult. So I think, you know, I just wanted to have you on because I, I think you have such a great story about how caregiving, you know, affected you and what led you to your work, you know? So I do want to hear about you know, your caregiving stories. I know you have a couple. So oh, kind of gosh. What, <laughs> what um, you know, how like how has caregiving affected your life and how did it, you know life for you? Oh my goodness. Um, where to start? Well, I got involved uh with caregiving uh and having to to take care of my mother, my elderly mother. Uh she was living out of state outside of Cleveland. And, uh, well, really, it started really when she broke her hip. Um, my mother was in a retirement community uh, in her own home there. Um, my father had passed. There's no other family except my brother who lives in Los Angeles. So it kind of fell on me to kind of step in. So that was like my, my very, very first venturing into that and getting involved. Then we found out because my father worked for the federal government, um, she didn't have Medicare and she, I could go on and on, you know, but she wasn't able to even have rehab in her facility. I had, I mean, it was like, what? So I had to get her set up with Medicare, which we have, we actually were able to figure it out. So, and then that was all good and some back and forth and helping her with the rehab. But then my mother developed dementia and that was really the, that's really where my role uh, accelerated. Um, and in addition to dementia, she had a lot of pre-existing conditions, epilepsy, a mild case of cerebral palsy, you know, mm. hypothyroidism. I mean, you name it, she had it. Mm. It was already on lots of medications. So, um, I guess the beginning was, uh, she had a psychotic episode. Mm. We had had a history, a little bit of some mental health issues from time mm -hmm. to time in her life. And I think whatever what, the changes in her brain, um, she had a very major episode. Her minister found her mm. in her home. Thank goodness yeah. they were getting concerned about her and uh, had to come in and she went into a behavioral health unit, mm. you know, to kind of get sorted out and had to go on medication. That, that was the beginning of the process. Um, uh, I don't know how much time we have here, <laughs> but you know, some of it involved uh, just declining physical health, but also having to monitor these medications because after a time they would stop working or she would have a reaction to some other medication. So a big component for me and for her was the behavioral health piece and going in and out of the, you know, behavioral health units right. to get her stabilized right. and then dealing with uh, her being in a nursing home. And then she was in a nursing home out of state and that whole um, complex relationship and making sure things worked well with the nursing home. And it probably was not the best place for her. 
um, they weren't really equipped to deal with some of her mm. issues. So and you're doing this all from afar. You're doing this. I did. I did it. Yes. Uh, I had to quit my job. Mm. I mean, it was really, there's a lot of back and forth and there was reasons to not move her at the time. When she was stable, she had a very loving church community uh, that they'd come and pick her up and take her to church. And I remember having a conversation with my mother during a good phase about moving. She goes, please don't move me, Caroline. It would break my heart. Uh, How do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> she, so she wanted to stay connected to her community. Her church was right. the most important thing in her life. Right. So at some point it became too much. Uh, one of the other infamous stories is she things weren't again not working with medications and um was back once again into another facility and i finally found a place i thought could really help her um and the facility called and said um she couldn't come back mm. so it was a very confronting upsetting situation here we were out of state and oh my goodness where where is she going to go and so i really was forced to to have to bring her here. So it was sort of um, a backwards kind of blessing. I mean, it, it, it really was going to be the best thing, but, you know, really didn't appreciate the suddenness of it. Fortunately, the social worker at the hospital worked, worked it out with this facility that she was currently in to come back for a few months if she remained stable. And so we were able to do that. Oh, and um, then I was able to move her here you know, to the Philadelphia area, really to a place that was a better fit. Right, right. So, well, that, that, was, that must have been nice just to then have her closer. It was amazing. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. I mean, I hadn't lived in the same, you know, area as my mom since I left for college when I was 18. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a joy and, and it was, things were working well at that time she was getting good care. I could see her whenever I wanted. It was like, it was a miracle. I was, so I was so grateful and things did work out with the facility that she had left. We were, I was able to actually kind of turn that situation into a positive and, and get some support from the social worker there to assist me in the move actually, and delivering the news to my mom that she needed to move. And, oh, but again, I, I have, yeah. Many stories. My mom used to say when we, you know, earlier in the, in the process, so she knew she had issues. She used to say, Caroline, they need to write a book about me. <laughs> I said, I think so, you know, because um, there's many, many chapters to this. I'm uh, sure. Caregiving I'm sure. journey. Yeah. And at the time when you were caregiving from afar, you know, how were you kind of taking care of yourself? I mean, you said you had to quit your job. Were you just back and forth? all the time? I would go out. I had, I, you know, I, I was well known at the Hampton Inn that was right next door. <laughs> oh, yeah. hi, how are yeah. you? You know, yeah. Um, taking care of myself. I didn't do a good enough job of that. But one, one thing I, I did keep in place was I would work out. Mm -hmm. I would often, they, they had a gym there. Mm -hmm. um, I would work out before I would go visit. I, I would run. Running was my thing. Run on the wow. treadmill. And, yeah. and that kind of helped to uh, center me. So that, that became oh, really great. important to me, but there, there, are, I, I, sh I really could have done more and should have, um, more mindfulness. Well, but you found something that was working. I mean, it, and it did. It, yeah, yeah. It did settle me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on the road. I mean, my goodness, you know, you were back and forth and yes. Yeah. yeah.
Wow. So that was great. So she came here and was she here for how long was she here? In Let's the see. Um, I think oh my, I'm losing track. Was she here five years? I'm losing track of the, of yeah. the dates. Maybe it was just three. Maybe it was just three years. Yeah. Okay. Until she passed. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you feel like having gone through that, um, you know, what kind of led you to want to start an Alzheimer's support group in this community? What, what was the driving force for you? Um, well, I, um, I did seek out su support groups. You uh, did? Yeah, I've always kind of been, and that, that's also probably one thing I, I did to take care of myself. Um, I, I've always felt, you know, when I would struggle with anything in my life to, to reach out and talk to people, try to get out of my head and mm -hmm. try and, you know, you can only go so far by yourself in your head mm -hmm. and worrying, you know. So I did seek out groups. Unfortunately, it didn't always work for me to go to these groups, like show up in person because of traveling or, you know, back and forth. But sometimes I went and I, I really liked being in the company of other people mm -hmm. dealing with what I was doing. Um, anyway, and I did... Um, I did reach out the, the Alzheimer's Association here as a 24 hour hotline or a care line. I did utilize that sometimes when nice. I was dealing with the crisis of the moment and they had an online forum boards. Um, and that to me was probably what I used the most because you could literally post a question and there's people, hundreds of people on this board and they could answer. I got a lot of information about medications actually from oh, wow. just what other people's experiences were. So I was aware of this organization and um, I, and I, I'm the, the kind of person I love to learn about things, whatever it is that's going on in my life. I want to, I want to understand and learn about it, the health issue of the moment or, or whatever it is. And so yeah. I just kind of dove in, you know, and learning about things and learning about nursing homes and learning about dementia and learning about medications. And I learned so much that I, I just, felt like I wanted to do something with everything that I learned. And I also, you know, just, I just wanted to give it away, you right. know, like knowing what I had gone through, you know, and it was hard to, I mean, friends would be understanding, right. you know, but right. if they weren't in that exact situation, it just wasn't quite the same. Right. So I just, I don't know. I just felt compelled yeah. to stay in this. I felt like here was something I could, was like part of my self-expression and here was a way to, to contribute i mean i like to be a person that contributes yeah. i'm always looking for how can i make a contribution i thought well here's something yeah. that i have to offer That's you know amazing. and um not like i have all the answers either to be no, but nice, right for people to come and gather and and yes. really kind of talk about what they're going through i you know i interviewed allison mccook last week and she her number one thing was that support group, you know, and that, yeah. and then she said the same, like she could talk to her friends, but that only got her so far, but yes. she just felt like coming to the support group to hear that other people were going through what she was going through was so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Just to provide that space. The yeah. yeah. And I, I, I've always sort of gravitated towards groups. I really believe, you know, that saying the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. I think there's true wisdom in that. And mm -hmm. each person that comes, because we're a peer-based group, mm -hmm. really has something to offer the rest mm -hmm. of the group. And so we just sort of let it unfold um, each time we have a meeting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just a special, 
it's a special environment for people, I think. It is, it is. And just for anybody listening, you hold these currently on Zoom. Yes. Um, and this is supported through the Alzheimer's yes. Association. You know, yeah. so so it is um, a program that they support. Um, and maybe what I'll do is, because um, you're still doing it every third Thursday of the month. Oh, third Wednesday. Third yeah. Wednesday of the month from seven to six thirty. Six thirty to eight. Six thirty to eight. Okay, so that's good to know. And I'll maybe I'll put that in in the episode notes just so that, you know, I think if anybody listening is interested, I think one of the things obviously that we're learning about this um, through this pandemic is that the ability to connect from wherever we are has been a blessing. Yes. You know, and, and, and you were saying that you've got some people coming in from different states. I think that's yes, amazing. Because, yeah, because of Zoom. I, the other thing I want to say is there are, there are many groups. Like it's not yeah. the only group, yes. you know what I mean? The, what's great about, especially here in the Delaware Valley, is this chapter is very active. Yeah. Now, I don't know. There may be a, few, a little bit less since I tra- transitioned to Zoom, but there, am I safe to say there's maybe at least 50 groups yeah. or to 100? I mean, and, you know, and, and some are some are sort of regionally based. Some are just straight Zoom, but it really honestly doesn't matter where you live anymore. Right. You know, right. you can you can just get on. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That, that is an amazing thing, especially for people who maybe can't leave the house at that time. I mean, I think you know, you and I have met people that maybe came once and couldn't come back because it just wasn't a good time for them. And that was always a struggle. So I think that, um, you know, being able to offer this virtually so that anybody, you know, can join from their home is, has been, yeah, really helpful. Yes. So besides, um, support groups, which I know that really helped you in working out, are there any other, you know, over the years in facilitating the group and and your caregiving, are there any other things that you can think of resources, tips that you would share with caregivers that you um, maybe either felt like helped you or maybe wish you had had available to you? Yes. Well, kind of like sort of on a, like a, a more of a, a personal level or just dealing with the day-to-day stress is, is uh, don't try to control everything. At least mm-hmm. I did. I'm a bit of a control freak or kind of want to do everything you know what, it, it just ended up causing more stress. I wanted to be on top of everything. And I think that was my way of coping Yeah, you know, with a situation that you I, is out of control, really. Right. You know what I mean? There's only so much you can do. So rather than try to manage every little thing about everything and visit every day or every other day and check on this and check on that, like let some of that go and figure out what's important. Yeah. The most important things, uh, you know, and use that time for your own self-care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put a little time, that time back into yourself. Um, so that is one thing. Um, that's like on a personal level. Yeah, the self-care, I, I really wish I had spent a little bit more time on that. Um, some resources that have been really helpful. So I, you know, if you're looking for, if you're looking for a facility or a nursing home, there is something called Nursing Home Compare. Um, which is a fantastic site website put out by Medicare and they literally every nursing home in the country is there. You can search by zip code and you, there's filters depending on if you're looking for Medicaid or not Medicaid size, this and that. I mean, it, it's, it helped me actually find where I placed my mother in this area. Well, that's I, great. I wasn't even familiar with it and it, it turned out to be a really good choice. 
Um, and that's just on Medicare.gov's website, right? Yes. In mm-hmm. fact, I know that they I know that they updated that to um, include now hospitals. Mm-hmm. So like you mm-hmm. can go and compare like other and maybe even home care. I'm not sure, but there's I a think lot so. of I yeah. Think, I think even hospice companies too. So I think that's a great tool. I think yes. for people looking um, to place, like you said, or just getting additional home care. I agree. Um, Oh, here's something. So if you're dealing with the, your caregiving situation is somebody that's elderly, even if they don't have dementia, but especially if they have dementia, I would try to find a geriatrician. So a medical doctor who has an additional training in working with the elderly. In hindsight, I really wish I had done that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Why? Because they understand, you know, as you get older, your body doesn't uh, respond to medications the same way. Right. You have unique issues as an elderly person. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think that geriatricians are trained to look more holistically at the whole mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. and how things may interact wh- rather than just a general. And listen, there's not to say that that couldn't work either. There's plenty of fine, you know, right, right, physicians right. in internal medicine, family medicine. But if, in particular, my situation, I think that that really would have helped. So when she first moved into the nursing home, you know, outside of um, Cleveland, uh, there was many options presented to me. One of them was a geriatrician, but then that geriatrician wasn't stationed in the nursing home. So at the time I thought, oh, well, I want to have the person that's based there. And I could understand like the convenience, da, da, da. But it, it, as it turned out, that maybe probably wasn't the best choice is this person wasn't paying attention so much to my mother's age and her, all her many complex situations. And there wasn't a a period where she, I I feel was overprescribed medications to deal with her pain that ended up causing severe behavioral health problems. Mm. And there was a lack of understanding Mm -hmm. that perhaps it could be the medication. Um, and, and it was lumped into, well, that's the disease. Mm, so I found somebody outside of the nursing home, because you were still able to do that. I was, um, who was a geriatrician mm-hmm. who, who was able to listen and help me kind of comb through medications. In fact, I had suspected one and we were able to, with some help of a neurologist, um, get her off the medication and her mm. behaviors and symptoms improved. So you no. really, you really were her advocate. I mean, you were, yes, you know, you, you had to be really in there. And like you said, kind of assessing the medications and advocating for her. And I'm surprised they let you bring in your own doctor. They let her go out and see specialists. Well, yeah. That she had to go out. Yeah. Yes. She had to go out. Okay. I yes. Yeah. And it, it took a little something. Yeah. So that leads me to the other thing. <clears throat> Tips. Pay attention to medications. Yeah. Watch them. A lot of people are on too many medications or so you can have either a reaction to the medication or there's something called polypharmacy. Mm -hmm. All it's like a toxic soup. They have Mm -hmm. so many medications in their system that they're all reacting in in Mm -hmm. a really terrible way. So I, 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 when I was going through that, I I shuddered when I would think about some other people that maybe that were struggling. And I always wondered, you know, has anyone looked at the medications? And I think there's more and more information coming out about that now. Yeah. Things to watch, things to watch out for. I mean, I even think some high blood pressure medications and, you, you know, I, it's, it's just something to pay attention to. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good information. That's definitely, you know, um, you have to kind of be the squeaky wheel, right? Yeah. And the other thing I, 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 I must say is always the Alzheimer's Association website is just yeah. full of resources. So I would always tell people to investigate yeah. what's there, you know, the 24 hour care line, support yep. groups, as we've yes. talked about the forum boards, they offer workshops and now they're doing these things on zoom. Oh, that's um, nice. There's a lot of information, even on YouTube. And, you know, if you're dealing with someone with dementia that's having behavioral issues, I, one thing that comes up is how do you communicate with someone when, when they're not responding as they used to? How do you, right. there, there's a lot of really helpful sites out there. Tifa Snow mm -hmm. um, is one uh, occupational therapist that has a focus now on helping people like yeah. families yeah. and you know, healthcare professionals deal with people with dementia without using medication, you know, right, right, you... right, right. So there's just a, a lot out there. There is. And the Alzheimer's <laughs> website, I think is just alz.org. Yes. I'll, I'll put that in the, in the website too. Ab but... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great information. And Tipa Snow, I think you can just Google her and I feel like, does she have a YouTube channel? I want to say that she's got videos out there. She has, uh, yes, uh, I think there's things you can purchase, but there are on her website, you know, if you yeah. want more in-depth information, but there are, there are some free information on her site and most likely she's on YouTube. Seems like everybody you know, is on YouTube. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's good information. Um, so what do you do as, as a facilitator of a support group? You definitely need to continue to take care of yourself, um, you know, as a, you know, as a repository for hearing everybody's, you know, and I know it's a peer-based group and they're supporting mm -hmm. each other, but I feel like, you know, as, as a facilitator, you probably do some things to, to stay healthy and balanced and find time for you. Well, yes. So uh, definitely. Well, the exercise continues. Good, good. Right. <clears throat> and diet. You yeah. know, there's a lot of information coming out now about diet and exercise uh, and how important they are. And actually, you can reduce your risk of developing dementia later by acting now, 20 yeah. years you know, ahead. Mm -hmm. Seriously, like uh, regular, especially cardiovascular exercise. Sleep is critical. So I'm paying attention to that, you know, and what, of course, what I eat. Um, there's always more to go. I mean, I, I've started like doing some like breathing, you know, mm -hmm. mindfulness stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I think any of those, I, I take that a lot more seriously now, especially in talking to people you know, in the group, like the mindfulness piece is, I think, really important. But yeah. again, the, the healthier you are, and the more balanced and calm you are, the, the better job you're going to be able to do for your loved one, Agreed. right, and supporting them. If you're depleted, you know, it's, you, you'll, you won't be able to make as much of a difference. So exactly. exactly. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm so glad that you are continuing to stay active with the with the Alzheimer's group, which is again um, once a month. And and you know, like you said, there's plenty of groups out there. There's plenty of workshops on Zoom. I think that's a really great resource. So yes. thank you for bringing that up. I have not been on their website in a while, so good to know for yes. sure. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time and your expertise. I feel like you have so much to give back to the community and 
you know, I think it's just a wonderful way for you to, like you said, kind of pay it forward, share your knowledge. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for, thank you for the opportunity, you know, of doing this. And thank you for, you know, starting this podcast series. I think it's terrific. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see where it goes. I just, I, I I think like you, I want to be able to share information for caregivers hear other stories, get the word out about what's out there in the community and, you know, support caregivers in that way. So, you know, us Virgos, we're so aligned. Oh, yes. (laughs) Resources, you know, let's share the information. I can't get it, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think that caregivers, um, people don't realize the toll that it can take. Agreed. It's it's not... um, talked about enough it's starting to it is I think it is but starting to but um wow it's just there in the background and you know you're not paid right right, and you're doing the work sometimes it's like it is a it's a job I mean this was a part-time job for me or more right especially long distance right taking care of my mom even though she wasn't in my home it was a job following up with Mm -hmm. all her medical care and her appointments and yeah you know, and then having to stop and leave and go to the hospital for this or that. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it needs, it needs more attention and and people need more support. Yeah. Even if I'm not, you know, any kind of care of giving, it's not just taking care of the elderly, right? But there's all different aspects of it. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Well, well, we're so glad that you're still doing that. And, Thanks again. Thank I appreciate you. it.